I really love doing this podcast when big pinball news breaks like Deep Root Pinball's Raza Pinball Machine being revealed to the world because on this podcast, I can just pick up a mic and give you my thoughts on things without having to do a show on a scheduled time, without having to wait for my co-host to be ready, without having to interview anyone. Um, so what I want to do on episode 418 of Canada's Pinball Podcast is I want to give you 10 deep thoughts on Deep Root 24 hours after absorbing this game being out in the world for the first time. And I saw people playing it last night at Houston. I have people on the ground who have played it that have given me feedback. Uh, But I want to give you my 10 deep thoughts based upon my perspective of everything that's gone on over the last 24 hours and even over the last few years as we've watched Deep Root sort of enter into the pinball marketplace, okay? Because now the curtain has been pulled back. And I'm really looking forward to getting Robert Mueller onto the show. Um, We are are tentatively scheduled to have a chat next week. So I really look forward to that. Um, We've been holding off talking until there was more to talk about. And I think now is a perfect time to have a discussion uh, with Robert about Deep Root, about what goes on at Houston, and what the future looks like for Deep Root Pinball. Because it is always an exciting time when a new pinball entity enters the world. So here are my, again, take all of this knowing that I haven't played the game yet, but this is just my 10 deep thoughts on Deep Root Pinball over the last 24 hours. Are you ready? I actually did some notes this time. I don't normally do that, but if you're gonna do a top 10 list, you kind of have to articulate beforehand the 10 things. So number 10 on my top 10 deep root, deep thoughts. Um, They did it, right? Or almost did it, but they did it. Deep root made a real flipping game that is out there in the world for people to play, have fun with, enjoy, give feedback, be critical of, but it's real, okay? This move will silence the vaporware critics that are out there that had absolutely no faith in this company that they could make a pinball game. They've made a pinball game, okay? Doesn't mean they've manufactured them at mass and all that jazz, but they actually made a pinball game. So I think number 10 is we have to give them credit for making a pinball game that works. Number nine on my list is nobody reads anymore. Nobody. Uh, you know, they put out this announcement on This Week in Pinball, even though people shared all of the different comments from Robert and his team. Nobody reads, okay? Because Robert said it, multiple people said it, that this is not the final playfield artwork. And it's probably, it might be the final playfield artwork. I don't know if the colors are vectorized the way they finally will be, but it's definitely not the final cabinet artwork. And that's definitely not the final translate artwork. And yet I kept reading all these people say, I don't think the cabinet looks that good. I don't know if it's final or not. And it's just like, oh my God. And it just goes to show that we live in a world in which nobody does read. Nobody really goes down the rabbit hole and tries to understand what they're looking at. They simply take what you give them at face value. And I just kept wanting to punch the computer screen every time someone would say, I don't really think the cabinet artwork is is that nice. Now, you know what it did remind me of, and it is comical, that Robert's completely unfinished, not even touched cabinet artwork 
is basically the same art package that you get with Willy Wonka Standard Edition, where it's just the logo, absolutely no artwork whatsoever. Um, so, but and this is just his placeholder artwork. Uh, number eight on my top ten deep root deep thoughts is comparing Bally Williams real world testing to this and saying it's a smart move doesn't really hold water here and i saw people say this that they are congratulating deep root on putting the game out on location and letting people test it and play it it reminds them of what bally williams used to do back in the day but what i think people are forgetting is that back in the mid 90s when bally williams did that they were not trying to sell games to a home audience they were simply putting games out on location to make sure they worked properly before operators and arcades and location places bought their products. They also did that before the internet existed. So if they put stuff out there, there really wasn't a sharing of what people were seeing out in public. The times have changed. Releasing your game out in public six months early, we're gonna talk a little bit about this in some of my other thoughts, um, but I don't think you can say like, yeah, this is great. This is how Bally Williams did it. I actually think Bally Williams would not do that if it was 2019 and you were trying to sell to a home audience. I think it actually puts a company at a disadvantage. So I think people need to remember that and who the audience was in pinball back then and who it is now. All right. Okay. Number eight. Compa oh, sorry. Number seven. Uh this feels more like a J-pop game than a Deep Root game. This is not a knock on the game, but until we see more of what Deep Root has innovated in pinball, which I think will come when we see the final product and what's under the hood, watching this game right now feels more like Zidware with a new screen display versus the beginning of a new generation of pinball brought to you by Deep Root. In fact, a lot of what I see on this game reminds me of John's older ideas. The black spinner above the right slingshot, that was in Magic Girl. I wonder if they got it to work properly this time. It also has the MagnaSave button on the right of the cabinet that activates a MagnaSave near the right outlane, which was also on Magic Girl. It's got a spinner like Magic Girl in Tales of the Arabian Nights. You know where that alien head is? You hit, you hit the post and it, it spins that head. That was also a Magic Girl and Tales of the Arabian Nights item. There's a moving target straight up the middle that reminds me of the goalie in World Championship Soccer. Uh, you got the Zidware lightning bolts all over the artwork. I'm not saying these are bad things at all. Uh, I'm just saying that this is a J-pop game through and through, and it just feels like uh, it's it's more about J-pop and his approach to pinball than it is about Deep Root and their innovation and their pushing pinball forward. Right? I just didn't get a sense that it was anything more than someone fixed J-pop's uh, designs. Number six. It's easy to forget that Deep Root is not just Robert and John Papaduke Jr. Multiple times I had to remind myself yesterday that this is just one of Deep Root's designers amidst a multiple group of designers that still are on board and making games for Deep Root Pinball. The move to lead with J-pop 
as a method to clear his name, make Zidware people whole, and showcase they can pull off the impossible, which is actually make a modern-day J-pop game work, um, is a strategic move for sure. Will that pay off when the order books open? Time will tell. Will they have something from Norman, Barrio, and John Norris on display come March 25th to show the true breadth of this company? Only time will tell, right? My hunch is Robert will keep the focus on this game or games that are available at launch and not scatter the interest too thin within the company, okay? Now, I think that's an important point, right? Is that this, it's easy to, to see Deep Root right now, like today, as the company that solved the, the mad scientist decisions and, and designs of John Papaduke and, and that's what they've done. They've, they, this just still feels a little bit like Zidware 2.0 versus Deep Root. And, and I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome that. I don't know what they're going to show you know, in March that's actually going to change our minds on that. Uh, but I think some people just are, are walking away feeling like, oh, I've seen this, right? And the thing, too, is like Zidware is not new. Like we've seen Zid, Zidware stuff for so many years. Remember, John first showed us stuff like Magic Girl and, and Raza all the way back in 2011, 2012, eight, nine years ago. So long time ago. Okay, number five, because I got to get to work and I want to get you guys a, a thoughtful episode this morning. Number five, six months is a long time to keep people excited and wanting more from a pinball machine. You can't put the magic back into the hat. It's out there now. While the art will change, all of the mechanisms that will be in this game are currently in this game. And, and I've, I've asked Robert and I asked Deep Root, uh, is this, are these the final mechs? Are there gonna be more mechs added? And Everything that you see is what will be in the game. Now, there's a lot in the game. Don't something you're not going to see on my list is this game doesn't feel like it's packed full of toys because it definitely feels that way. Um, will the final package though have enough additional wow factor to get people re-excited in this game when it becomes available for sale? Can they create? And this is the big question I have. Can they create the kind of Feeding frenzy Stern does when it launches a game. And we've talked a lot, and we're going to talk a little bit more on my other list, about how do you get people to want to buy it now. And we've seen in the past, when you show early, it becomes much more difficult to create that frenzy uh, when the game is actually available. And they definitely showed early. I mean, the earliest we're going to get this game is six months from now. All right. Number four. Having no official gameplay video when you show a game, regardless of its state, even though it's a prototype, I believe is a missed opportunity. Over-the-shoulder cell phone videos in a room with crappy, horrible lighting, with people playing the game who have no clue what they are doing, is not the world premiere video content you want. They did release HD images of the game, which is great, but gameplay and features are what people want to see in a pinball machine. So don't make them imagine 
what stuff does on the play field. Actually show them in the best way you can. And I really do. I, I feel like this was a weird miss on their part. You've got this game, and it's a J-pop game. And J-pop games are packed with stuff, but they also can be somewhat confusing and overwhelming uh, when it comes to what's in it and what does it do and where is the magic. Like, are there magnets? Yes, there are. Well, let's see them work. There's a Ferris wheel. Well, let's see it work. There's a ramp. There's a jump shot. There's this. Uh, there's multiple ramps. There's all these things. There's diverters. There's this. There's outlane spinners. I think that they should have made a video that went over all the J-pop magic that's going to be in this game and, and did it a little bit differently. I would admit you could have done a teaser campaign in which every week we're going to show you a different toy that's in Raza. But just dropping it out and having crappy cell phone gameplay footage, I think, isn't the way to go. Um, okay. Now, number three. We've seen a lot of new pinball companies try to take on Stern for market share. Out of all of them, which company's first title wowed us the most? Can't deny our expectations were sky high for Deep Root. It is rare we, we get to see an inaugural game from a brand new company. So let's look at the last 10 years of pinball. Out of all the first time releases and reveals, how do I feel? And Raza stacks up, okay? You know, we've had, for now, because this is only an unfinished prototype, I do think, out of the last 10 years, I do think this game comes in in third place in terms of, wow, like, look at that, okay? Second being... Uh, the Big Lebowski from Dutch Pinball. I think the Dutch Pinball, when they rolled out the Big Lebowski, had more of an immediate impact and disruption on the marketplace. And I think people stood over that game and just fell in love. And I'm not sure this will reach that. And I also think it's harder because we saw, we've seen this game before from J-pop. And, and I actually do think Magic Girl had way more like immediate wow factor to it even though it didn't work the wow factor of magic girl with jeremy you know you know packer's artwork and those crazy ramps in magic girl and all the magnets that were supposed to be in and everything about magic girl the cabinet artwork as a whole package i think blew people away and i i think this is like a half-baked version but look believe me i do think when robert's done with this it is going to have the wow factor impact of magic girl um now, number two, I think, was Big Lebowski. Now, the number one game in the last 10 years that I think had the greatest impact and just blew people away and still is the gold standard for how to launch a new pinball game, and I think you'll agree with me 100%, it's no other than Full Throttle from Highway Pinball. I mean, who didn't want a Full Throttle game in pinball format? And it blew us away. It blew us away. And with that beautiful, thin back box, and, and that great artwork. No, I'm joking. The number one game, without a doubt, the game that I think changed, changed people's expectations for pinball and got everybody super excited is no other than The Wizard of Oz. That, to me, from Jersey Jack Pinball, when they showed that game, it changed the game forever. It gave people hope. It truly disrupted and captured 
our imagination and made everyone feel giddy inside. So can Roz's final package land with a Waz-like impact? Not sure anyone can do that since so much pinball innovation has happened since that time, right? Stern games looked like cheap junk when Waz came out. Now everyone has raised the bar in terms of what pinball machines look like and in terms of putting and trying to put as much pinball magic into the game. All right, number two, Stern is not worried here. And, and I keep reading this, like Stern's going to be in trouble. Stern's going to, you know, Stern's going to like, uh, you know, have a hard night's sleep. And this people need to relax when they think that Stern, a company that is 85 plus or 90% of the pinball market is worried by this reveal. You have got to be kidding me. Stern has what, like 400 employees, like a 50,000 square foot factory, maybe bigger. Every day they are making 50 plus games, rolling off the line, rolling into boxes, rolling to distributors. They're a global company. They're a lifestyle brand. Uh, Stern Pinball is not worried at all. And I think it is so silly when people start to comment like that. Deep Root will not take down Stern. The same day that we saw Raza, Stern put out a holiday flyer of all of the titles they have available, all of these licensed IPs, and Stern Pinball is going to have a ridiculous 2020. When you know and you see what they have coming out, you too are going to be blown away by Stern Pinball. And this is all good for competition. Deeproot is simply going to make Stern Pinball make their products better. Okay, but I want—I I was thinking—I wasn't thinking about that. But what I really was thinking about was the companies that are that are that should be worried if Deeproot hits and Deeproot becomes a real player in the pinball marketplace. I would be worried if I was Jersey Jack Pinball and American Pinball. Out of all the companies out there, I think those two companies with their big factories bigger teams, big sales goals. It's JJP and American Pinball that have the most to lose if Deep Root becomes a player. Nothing will stop Stern on the same... Okay, you know, i sorry, I was reading something else. If we remove all of the nonsense about Stern being worried, uh, I think it's JJP and American. I'll even say that maybe Spooky might be worried too because the retro atomic zombie adventure land feels a little bit like a spooky-themed game. Um... But look, CGC will always find buyers for the classic, but there's just not enough room for another major player in pinball. We know this. Deep Root knows this. As Optimus Prime said, one shall stand and one shall fall. 2020 will be a great year for someone and a death blow to another. It's way too early to tell, but everyone is now on notice. Deep Root is real. They are coming, and time will tell who gives customers the best value and compelling reason to buy. I love this because competition means all products will improve. This is truly the best time ever for pinball collectors, consumers, players, and operators, without a doubt. And I think that was like the number one, it's not the, one, it's not the number one thing, because I do have number one on my list. But I think that was one of the biggest things I walked away from yesterday is this is great. Like this is great if we get a J-pop game loaded with features from this new company with a cool new display 
with they're going to have amazing artwork without a doubt the animations are going to be incredible i didn't even talk about the screen the screen's awesome for those of you who didn't like the widescreen i mean it might it might look a little awkward but remember robert also said that's not the final backbox design at all it's not like he even joked about the cylon looking speaker grill it's not the way this game is going to go finally in in, in into production uh, but I just I loved it because every time I saw like another toy, another this, another that, it just means they know that they have to give you enough to convince you not to buy a Jersey Jack or a Willy Wonka or a Stern machine or an American pinball machine or a Chicago comp- gaming company machine. All of this competition, it is going to drive the quality of pinball up. And the other big question that's number one on my list today is what is the pricing going to be we keep hearing one word over and over and over again and that's value now the big thing I want to say when I walked away from all the dialogue yesterday and all the conversation yesterday was one simple thing I think people are out of their minds and ludicrously insane if you think that deep root deep root pinball should put all this stuff into a game and then charge less than a Stern Pro. Now, I would be shocked if they can do that. I would be shocked because this is two years in the making, $750,000 a month, all these employees, all these animators, all these designers, all these engineers, how are they gonna get a cost of a game and all the vendors to make the parts, how are they gonna get a cost of a game to be below $5,000? And I think people out there who are like, well, the only way this company can succeed is if they price it below Stern. And I don't think that's the case at all. Why, why can't they succeed by just making a goddamn better product than Stern? Why can't they succeed by giving you way more value than Stern? Why can't they succeed by blowing Stern away in, in, in animations and blowing Stern away with a world under glass? Why, why can't they just do that? Why, why should Stern for years uh, be able to put their hands in everyone's pockets and take out $9,000 on barren LE versions of games? Why should they be able to sell $15,000 Elvira's without blinking and nobody says anything and the games don't have much in them? Why should Deep Root push more and put more in and then, and then basically price themselves out of business? Because if we've seen anything in pinball, the dumbest thing you can do is like charge 6,500 bucks for a Wizard of Oz and go out of business. And that's what Jack did at the beginning. It just, it's too expensive to do that. And the big, the big question mark is, you know, what's under the play field? Have they figured out a way to make these games easier and cheaper and more, you know, reliable and easier to maintain? What's under the game? That, I think that is where the big innovation lies. Uh, and I, but I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he's like, you know, Chris, like, I don't really care like what happens when they pop the hood because my Stern games don't break down very often. Like I, I rarely have to work on any of my modern games. So there, he has a point. He has a point. Um, but you know, what will the price be? My number, I, if I were to be a guessing man, I do think this, these games will come in priced around a Stern premium, not a pro. Uh, because I don't think they're going to make like pro versions of a J-pop game. I think you're going to have one game with everything in it. I will say this. I will say this. And then I'm gonna, I got to go to work because I got I to gotta leave in like three minutes. I will say this. As I was watching the game being played, as I was watching everything happen, something died inside me. And, and I'll tell you what died inside me. Part of the allure 
part of the magic, part of the reason why we lusted after Magic Girl and Raza was simple, because they were unobtainium. They were these rare, precious games that only a handful of people were going to be able to buy and were going to be able to experience. Now, taking that and then mass producing it, you lose something. You, you do. You lose some of the exclusivity. You lose some of the specialness. And you lose some of the like mythology surrounding it. And now it's just a game that anyone can get. And I, you know, and and to me, like that's John's whole thing was to make these super rare games, super high end, and now they might be mass produced. And I'm not sure that's going to work. It it would always have worked, and Raza would always have been sought after, and rare and expensive, and and we all would have like just wanted to jump on one if there was only a hundred in the world. Now, what does it mean if they want to make a thousand? See, that's the problem with non-licensed IP games in 2019 is can they be successful if you mass produce them and there's no fear of missing out on getting it? Because that's the big question I have is how how are they going to bring these games out? Like, is Robert going to have a three-tier system? I'm going to ask him these questions uh, because, you know, I, I don't know how you don't. I don't know how you look at how successful Stern's model is and then try and do it differently. Because uh, collectors clearly they want they want something higher end they want something rare, uh, but you also need to give you know the masses something of value. So lots of questions to be answered, but you know I'll end this podcast by congratulating Robert and John Papaduke and Steve Bowden and the team over at Deep Root. We have to congratulate them for getting it done, getting it at the show, bringing it to the show. The game's working. Uh, I think it's a tremendous, tremendous feat. Making pinball is not easy. Why anyone would would ever wake up and say, I want to start a pinball company is crazy to me. But the world needs crazy people. The world needs people who are angry at the way things are in pinball. The Without angry people who aren't satisfied with where pinball is at, we are never going to get innovation and new things and new toys, okay? And I'll tell you this, that anger to make things better, it's not only over at Deep Root. I know for a fact that stern designers are angry and wanna make games even better than the investors are allowing them to make it. And here's what's gonna happen in 2020. You're gonna start to see more and more of those designers' dreams go into Stern machines as Stern realizes it needs to keep upping its product to stay competitive. And it's nothing but a good thing that Deep Root is in the ring with American Pinball, with Chicago Gaming, with Spooky, with Stern, you know, with all these other companies, with Jersey Jack. It's, it's awesome to have this battle royale to get our money. And as consumers, we're all sitting front row to that battle royale, watching them all try to convince us this is where you should go. This is what you should buy. We are who you should support. Amazing time to be part of this hobby. You know, just when I was feeling like deflated and ah, it's the greatest moment in pinball. 2020 is going to be a year like no other. I can't wait. But like I've said, how can you not just keep your money in your pocket right now, right? I know, I know, I know. Other 
other you know distributors don't want you to hear that but how can you not just wait wait it out wait it out and see what happens i know some of you are waiting for deep root i'm waiting for deep root i'm waiting to see what everyone comes out with you know it's gonna be great great time to be in pinball everyone have a great weekend I look forward to talking to Robert Mueller. I look forward to talking to some people at Houston. And I'm also going to get Bill on the show from Special When Lit because I know Bill was hard to hear in that podcast I did on Special When Lit. Uh, There's some audio issues. So I, I reached out to Bill. I said, Bill, come on the show and let's let everybody hear you loud and clear. So we're also going to do that. I love all you guys. I love pinball. And thank you to everyone who listens and supports Canada's Pinball Podcast. I hope you are entertained by this show. I enjoy doing it. And more great episodes to come. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. I saw-